if you want to start a podcast and talk about the show, show that you like and you want to discuss, discuss it to everybody, go to Spotify for podcasters and share and then share your experience with them. All you gotta do is just sign up for free, just like um, yeah, and then you you explain your series, explain to them, and share your audience and share your experiences, and then get into the conversation. So like and subscribe, you know, Spotify for podcasters. Spot you just sign up for free, and um, and be creative. You are now listening to Twisted, a Law and Order SVU podcast where we recap and break down past episodes of Law and Order SVU. You can hear us out on Spotify, Anchor FM, WordPress, or and any other streaming service. And now here's your host, Brian Rose. Yeah, what's up, y'all? Welcome to Twisted, a Law and Order SVU podcast where I recap episodes of Law and Order SVU. Hey, what's up? This is Mr. B Rose, or you could call me Brian Rose. And let me take a few minutes of your time, man, man, because I just um I'm just a little disappointed that the winning time has been canceled by HBO. And if you watch Winning Time, if you don't know what it is, though, it chronicles the rise of the L.A. Lakers in the 1980s when Magic Johnson came in as a rookie. And they get they fall with other players and it and it comes to like um, like having meeting the Boston Celtics at the 1984 NBA finals. So. You know, we did dealt, dealt with the uh, the team's owner, Jerry Buss, Magic Johnson, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And you got actors in there like uh, see, um, John C. Riley, um, Quincy Isaiah, Michael Chiklis from The Shield, and Adrian Brody, and Jason Segel. You know, and um, and um, if you watched it, though, you, you already found out that the HBO canceled the series after two seasons. And the season two ended with a whipper in which the LA Lakers were lost the NBA finals to the Boston Celtics. And they had an episode on Larry Bird and all that stuff. But I mean, but when I think about this, I mean, it, I was, I probably knew it was going to end because there were rumors were speculating the HBO was going to cancel it. it. It just canceled the weekend series, the weekend series of Idol. And, um, why I think about the the ending, it was a it was stupid. I mean, it was a little weak though. I mean, they shouldn't have made 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 like one more episode in which the L.A. Lakers get their revenge on the Boston Celtics in the nineteen eighty five NBA Finals when they become champions. So they should have put an extra episode in there, like payback or whatever, like that. I mean, that would that you know the series would go off proper. But the damn the, the second season and and the series finale ended as a whimper, man. There's some bullshit going on around here. God, man. I mean, what's up with HBO? I mean, they're canceling shows left to right. They canceled Winnie Time. They canceled The Weekend's Idol. And you know The Idol is a stupid-ass stupid series. It's silly, silly. And this The Weekend can't act. All right? So, I don't know what's up with HBO. Now, I know I know you have a feeling you're going to say F you to HBO. You're going to say fuck you to HBO, right? Well... I mean, the writer's strike got got effect effect to it though. So, oh, and speaking of that though, there is a rumor saying that the writers and the actors strike is about to end. So they're making some negotiations right now as we speak. And oh yeah, by the way, I got a little SVU news to tell you that Kelly Giddish from SVU just welcomed her, her third third child as a baby boy. So I mean, she's spending a lot of time off because she's not doing anything because of the strike. So. I just want to say congratulations to um, Kelly Giddish. You know, Blondie. So anyway, before I get to this episode, I want to let you know is that um, I started a new business venture. Like, I'm trying to become an entrepreneur. So, my listeners, I want to make an announcement. 
if you like going on vacations and all that stuff, I mean, you want to go to your destination like Dubai or Bahamas or Miami or London or Tokyo or parts of Canada or LA or whatever, though. And you think about your dream vacation, like you want to put that vacation on your bucket list before you die, right? Well, guess what? I just uh, started an on. I just started my online business, and all you gotta do is just go to um, this this website called W My Dream Trip Survey, and you answer all the questions of where you want to go. They need your name and information. So if you love to travel, or you want to make some extra income, or try to become a businessman or, or a businessman or a businesswoman or be an entrepreneur, just go, or if you want to go on your f- favorite vacation, go to www.mydreamtripsurvey.com. All right. I'm, and all you got to do is just, just answer a survey, answer a few questions, and then check this out. You will be entered into our weekly drawing and you have a chance to receive a three day, two night vacation. Is that good? So go to www.mydreamtripsurvey.com and answer survey, survey, just submit it, and then, then, then we'll get back to you, all right? Now, let's get to the, today's episode. All right, this is, Law, this is Law and Order SVU, Season 6, Episode 3, Obscene. And it aired on NBC on October 12th of 2004. And it's written by Jose Molina and directed by Constantine Marquis. Marquis or Marquis or whatever, you know. All right, so now we at the pier, you know, like Fulton Street Pier, pier I believe. I think it was in the lower, lower Manhattan. And um, you, you got EMS arrived to look at his, um, a, dead, a dead body on the ground. And you can see the girl's face is all bloody and stuff like that, though. So, okay, one of the EMS guys shows up. Cameron zooms in on him, tells them his partner we look like he got a dead body. Then all of a sudden, police come in over, come over the scene, right? And um, it's not Benson and Stabler, right? So, yeah, yeah, you know, a couple of police came out, crowd gabbers, look at the dead body. Next thing you know is that they bring a dog out there, and he, and the dog was supposed to uh, examine the body and smell the dead corpse. You know, you got a girl laying dead on the floor, all blood, stuff like that, though. However, though, you know, the canine, he comes over to the, to the body, and then he skips it. And, yo, it turns out that the, the, the dead body turns out to be alive because that was an actress. And then she getting pissed off. She was like, stupid dog, he, 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 he even missed the mark. And <laughs> so it turns out though, and then the director yells cut, and it turns out though they it's like a show within a show, and they they were just doing a TV show called Girl Under Girl Undercover, you know it's like a pun for Dick Wolf's other show called New York Undercover, so the director yells cut, and you got this guy who's named a guy named Franco Marquez, and he's like the he's he's like the producer of the show. And um, and the actor who's playing um, Frank Franco is um, he's a repeat offender, and his name is Nestor Sorlano. I found her lying right here on the floor. Who has access to Jesse's trailer? Just the crew. Security has strict orders. No one's allowed on the set unless they work for me. Anyone with a crew have a problem with Jesse? No, we've been together for three seasons. I know it sounds cornball, but we're like family. What's all this? Jesse the Slut, Teen Tramp, Rag Magazines. They have a field day anytime that Jesse wears something slinky. Yeah, you remember Nessa Serrano. Serrano. Yeah, I say it right, Nessa Serrano. Yeah, um, you remember him from Hanging with the Homeboys. And, um, and yo, you won't believe this, though. He recently appeared on a SBU episode, season two, episode seven, Asunder, where he's being accused by rape by his wife, who turns out to be a bipolar bitch. 
<laughs> she, I mean, I mean, she, I mean, he played a a, a cop a cop who was involved in a domestic dispute, and then he's accused of rape and all that stuff, though. But I'm gonna tell you this: his um the wife who was played by um Amy Carlson, though she's like a she played all like a bipolar ass bitch. I mean, talk about toxic relationships and shit like that, though. And I'm not talking about um the Maddie and Nate and them in the uh, in, in euphoria <laughs> so anyway so some missile some nester so i know he plays uh franco mark franco um marquez right he's like the producer of this fictional tv show girl in the cover not new york undercover with um williams and torres all right so however though the um, the, the dog goes to the trailer right and the trailer belongs to this actress called Jesse Dawning. So, so the guy, so the dog smells a scent food outside the trailer. Next thing you know, the dog trainer, he opens the door. He finds the star, Jesse Dawning, right? Raped and beaten unconsciously. Oh, shit, though. Somebody raped the girl in her trailer. So, later on, though, now Sabler and Finn, they arrive at the crime scene. You know, like the, you know the, you know the, um, the TV shoot, and they um they meet um producer Franco Marquez. Franco Franco introduces them himself to the detectives, and he's he says that he's the show's executive producer. So Sabler and Finn try to figure out what happened. So we ain't go we go inside the trailer, and Maggie, you know um we go inside um. Uh, Jesse's trailer, and um, you know, uh, Franco tells him that um, she's seen in her, she's seen her a lot unconscious and stuff like that earlier, and um, he feels bad what happened. So, however, though, Sabler and Finn, they read articles on the actress, Jesse Dawning, and they call her a slut, slut shame and shit like that, though. <laughs> and then, and then the number one read, our world will be, will be in a better place if we get rid of Jesse Dawning. <laughs> and one of them articles though it belonged to this lady named um an activist named carolyn spencer and stable was like and for, his producer says stick and stones sticks and stones right and then stable reads the article about um this um this activist who was going against um jesse because she she thinks that she's exploiting herself on tv dressing all provocative and dressing like a damn hoe and Stable's like, stick of sticks and stones, huh? And, you know, Franco just breathes, takes a breather and stuff like that. And then we go to the opening credits and stuff like that, though. And then we at the hospital right now. Sable and Finn arrive there. And um, it turns out that um, they talk to the doctor saying that um, Jesse has been coming in unconscious. And they can hear Jesse um, arguing from the hospital hospital bedroom so they go over there and you know stable Finn go inside the room and they see like jesse downing like yeah jesse the, the you know the star jesse the star though she wanted to go home and stuff like that and check this out the actress who was playing um the, who was playing this um jesse dawning it's like um her name is maggie grace i just don't know it's Detective Stabler, I don't remember anything, okay? I went to take a nap in my trailer. Next thing I know, I wake up here. You have anything to drink before you fell asleep? Just a diet soda with lemon on the set. Who gave it to you? I don't know. It was just by my chair. Where the hell are my shoes? Jess, Jess, mm. listen. You have to talk to the police. I've got to go. We have, like, no time before the entire world finds out. Please, I just want to go home. Okay, um, that was Maggie Grace, and you might remember her from the movie Taken Franchise with Liam Neeson. So she played the daughter of the main from the main character. I mean, Liam Neeson's character. But I mean, I'm not a Taken fan, you know, and I haven't seen the franchise and stuff like that. But, but I, maybe I'm not a fan. But anyway, so she appeared on Lost and then um, Walking Dead. And check this out. She um oh man, so I'm not gonna say this though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna save it to later though. So anyway, though, she plays this teen actress called Jessie Dawning. So anyway, she refuses to talk to the police saying that she just wanted to go home. So, next thing you know, Jessie leaves the room and they talk to um, 
they they talk to um Franco and all the stuff though. So Franco tells them that uh, Jesse emancipated from her parents at fourteen years old. Oh, it turns out that um Jesse is sixteen years old. And you know, check this out though. I mean, she even um but check this out. At that time when they were shooting though, I mean Maggie Grace was only make in her early twenties when she had had played the played the role. I mean, you you have like a twenty year old playing a sixteen year old. Hmm. Oh no. I mean, she loved even left. She loved. She like. She looked like a little like eighteen. I don't know what it is though. She looked like eighteen. I don't know, but she looked like she she could be a candidate candidate for Girls Gone Wild. I mean, Girls Gone Wild was popular at that time back in two thousand four, right? You know, you know these white girls flashing their titties and stuff like that, and then they do all this um, sexual acts. I mean, you don't hear that from that no more. So, so Franco tells them that um, she, that her parents were controlling her money and that she want to be independent. I mean, whatever, something like that, though. So he also mentions it about this activist by the name of Carolyn Spencer, right? She targeted, she was, she was targeting Jesse because she going against her morals, call her a slut, and then she's degrading and she's like a bad role model for the young girls out there. So. And it looks like there's a stable event. They're gonna go have a talk with Mrs. Spencer. So we're at the Spencer residence, and um, you know they, they right now they talk and then much of Finn, they talk to Mrs. Spencer, and we have a special guest star. So who's the actress that's playing the um, Mrs. Spencer? Sixteen-year-old, done up like a hooker. We don't want that marketed to fifth graders. Let the network move the show to ten o'clock. I'll shut up. I think they can't do anything about this trash. I'm proof that one person can make a difference. Yeah, that happens to be Dana Delaney. And y'all remember her from the 80s uh, TV series China Beach. We have three seasons. And um, recent, and then in 2007, though, she joined the cast of Desert Housewives playing, uh, playing a neighbor. And she her character... Um, it turns out that that uh, she had a, a, a relationship with with a stripper, and she became a lesbian. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Talk about whole girl. They are talking about the girl and this lady in Mysterio Lane is eating pussy. Mm-mm-mm-mm. <laughs> like a damn porn shit like that, though. You know what I'm saying, though? Okay, and then Dana Delaney had her own series called um, Burden of Proof, something of proof, something like that, though. Burden of Proof or something like that. After Desperate, after Desperate Housewives, she had her own series called um, Burden of Proof or something like that, though. And she worked in the morgue or whatever. So I don't remember much of the series, but I mean, it was on ABC and all that stuff, though. So she plays this um, activist, uh, Carolyn, Carolyn Spencer, right? And she has her family with her and stuff like that. So Sable been talked to Mrs. Spencer and... Um, they got they got her. She got her two um, kids there. One and one of them by the name was um, uh, I mean um, he will be he identified as Danny, but we'll get to him in a moment though. So Mrs. Spencer also and Danny has a sister, right? So they they need his apartment. Uh, they got this guy named of um Mister um I would say I think it was um Mister um Willoughby, right? So they're like the neighbor. I mean. Something like that. So, so, okay. So, um, we will go and find out about him. So, so she, um, so Mrs. Mrs. Spencer, right, or maybe like the girl from Wisteria Lane, or Mrs. Spencer, she shows him pictures and she has like signs, and he she be trashing on um Jesse Dorney. I mean, calling her a slut, and she wanted to move the. And then she was she went she was blasting the show against Girl in the Cover, and she wanted the show to move to a ten p.m. hour, ten p.m. hour, ten p.m. hour, rather than like family hour. And then you know, Mrs. Spencer said that she's a bad influence, and then she's a slut, she's degrading, and all that stuff, and yada yada yada. You know, I sound like Steinfeld. So, so this Stabler Finn asked for a flyer, so she gave it to her, and it turns out though that she's a She's a um, leader of this um, group called Nice, I think. And then, and so, um, 
and much was like uh, 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 neighbors investing in clean entertainment and something like that. Nice. Oh, well, whatever. So we're at the squad room right now. Much is there. And then he's there in the episode. I mean, he wasn't there in the previous episode, but um, turns out that uh, they were they talking about Mrs. Spencer. Pragan's there. Stabler Finn is there. And check this out. Olivia is there too. But she had to go on that. She had to take like um some red eye flight because she had like um because she had to go somewhere. So she's not involved in the case. So Craig tells her just to go and get get on that plane right away, or you'll catch the red eye. So so Benson has uh, something like another assignment to do, right? So turns out they so the 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 squad they, they found out that. Mrs. Spencer has hundreds of members, and then they they draw and try to go after TV shows that is degrading the woman and stuff like that. Though, so it's like conservative and shit like that. Though, so they also mentioned that um twelve year old girl was wait wait wearing a Halloween costume. It turns out that the twelve year old dressed like um Jesse Spence Jesse Dawning from the TV show Girl on the Cover. You had a nerve. You got a twelve year old. Going out there dressing dressing like a whore, and look, like, I mean, you got you're gonna think that she was gonna ask she asked for it. I mean, come on, we got a twelve year old idolizing some TV show shit like that though, and you gotta dress all provocative. That's like that's like I mean, she, you know, let me tell you something. This TV star Jesse Dawning, she's trying to get all the attention and whatever. I don't know what it is going on it's like that though. However, they discovered that. Um, they found a bunch of sleeping pills in the bag, and it was ordered before the, the sexual assault. And these pills include Vicod, and these pills include Vicodin and Oxycontin or some shit like that. I don't know what it is though. Anyway, we're at the um, office of the producer, right? And you know, um, as Franco, Mister Mr. So Franco, he says that um, they talked to him about the pills and stuff like that, though. And, um, however, though, Finn and Stabler accused, um, Fr- Franco that, um, he'd be pipping out his teen actors and stuff like that, though. So, Franco defends himself saying that the days that, um, Jesse needs the pills because she works, like, 16-hour days or something like that, though. So, anyway, so, I mean, come on, I mean, anyway, so, however, though, the, um, they have a conversation and, um, they asked for a clip of the TV show, which um, Franco agrees. So we're back at the precinct right now in Craig's office. Sable and Craig can watch a, a promo for this um, Jesse's TV show, Girl in the Cover. And next thing you know, she be kicking ass and shit like that, though. I mean, come on. And I don't know. They were like discussing something like that. Though. I don't know what it is, though. So after they finish watching the show, they come out of the office. They, after they watched the uh, the clip of the TV show or promo or something like that, though, Ben comes in and he found a cold case. And it turns out that um, someone from the um, you know production thing through say that he got arrested for assault and all that stuff, though. And it turns out though, the assault was linked to the producer Franco. Oh, so. Later on in the you know the interrogation, you know Franco's being interrogated in the in the you know the box, you know the interrogation room. Franco's there, and Franco says that that, 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 that I'm not, he's not no rapist or something like that though. So Stephen wants to find out who the DNA was or something like that. It turns out that um, it's not Franco's DNA, but he the DNA he told he tells them that the DNA came from an out a work actor and then he wants his phone call like he wanted a lawyer or something like that though so later on at the precinct though jesse is there and you know you know franco is sitting inside the interrogation room and jesse is defending him and all this stuff he's jesse is defending franco and stuff like that and she tells she tells stabler stabler that she don't want to give out like the little secret and stable like what is it so check this out though. She took out a marriage license and she said that she got a Porsche from and she got from it's from her parents and she got two Porsches out of this. Stabler reads a license 
And Jesse tells them that she is married to the producer, Franco, Franco Marquez. All right, so we're back at the precinct right now, and uh, Cragen and Steve are doing a walk and talk. And they told, and then Steve tells um, Cragen that Franco Marquez is forty years old, while Jesse is sixteen. Now stop right there. We doing, we talking about R. Kelly shit right now, though. But I mean, how you a forty year old man marry a sixteen year old girl, man? I mean, that's straight up pedophilia, man. And that reminds me of an R. Kelly situation because um. You remember back in the '90s, R. Kelly he, he married um, the R&B singer Aaliyah when she was just 15 years old, and the marriage later got annulled. But I mean, dude, man, R. Kelly's like into young girls, man. That's straight up pedophilia. And recently, you know, he got locked. R. Kelly's been got gets got locked up because he was having um, sexual relationships with the underage girls, and that's and then throughout the 2000s, there was rumors saying that R. Kelly. Um, had sex with underage girls and even urinated on one of them, but all the shit, all the shit is catching up to him because right now, R. Kelly is locked up because woman young these women came forward saying that they were molested or raped by R. Kelly when they were just young and stuff like that though teenagers, and the documentary has something something to do with it. The R. Kelly thing that came out on um, cable a couple years back. Oh, I know the name of it. Is surviving R. Kelly, so I'm telling you that. Um, and then you got these women were victims of R. Kelly when they was teenagers, so that's some crazy shit right there. But it got some like R. Kelly vibes, R. Kelly um, reference and all stuff. But they never mentioned R. Kelly. But you got a 40 year old pro- creepy ass producer marrying a six uh, underage girl. Damn, that is statutory rape. So that's crazy. So we're back at the straw room right now, and uh, Finn tells um, um, Craigian and Stabler that the paparazzi followed her when um, Jesse was sent to the hospital. So they was there at the set all day shooting, and then they were watching her. And when Jesse got Jesse got injured, though, the paparazzi was following her and stuff like that, though. So they go um, and check this out, though. And say it also said that a cameraman took a picture of her in the hospital. How did paparazzi get snuck in the hospital just like that, though? They want to find out about that, though. So we're in uh, Franco's apartment, and his wife, Jessie, is there. Or I should say, I should uh, maybe I should call um, him R. Kelly or R. R. Kelly Franco, something like that. <laughs> or R. Kelly, R. R. Kelly Marquez. Or we, which we, which will you prefer, right? So, um, so, um, or, or, or R. Kelly Frank, R. Kelly Marquez, R. Kelly Marquez, and um, or R. Franco or stuff like that, or say R. Kelly Frank, or R. Should I say R. Kelly um, Marquez, right? So um, they um, and they talk about the paparazzi's been following Jesse all around and stuff like that, though. So and then uh, and then Jesse was there too. I mean, they was like she didn't want to talk about it, and then she was like terrified, and then they don't like her privacy, whatever. So, however, if Ben just got a call from, and after Ben just got off the phone, he just um, tells Stabler that a person checked in at the hospital at a certain time. Well, you know what it turns out? It turns out to be a damn nurse. So we're back at the hospital, and Stabler and Ben is talking to the nurse. And she tells him that she took that picture only for money, and um, she because she's in drowning in debt. And she tells him that a photographer, a photographer, offered her fifty grand. And however, she said that she she's she owes she owes ninety thousand dollars in debt, so she decided to take the fifty thousand and then deal with the rest later or something like that. Though, so she said that she got money, she offered money from this photographer who uh, came out of hospital. So. We're back at the precinct right now, and this photographer is being interrogated. He's some dude with the um, black hair, saying that um, he tells him that he never raped Jesse, and um, and Stabler accuses him of rape and stuff like that, though. But he never raped Jesse, but he has a picture of teens caught sneaking on the steps on the set, and he tells him 
that um, there were these two or three teams, and one of the teams, you know, that one well he wasn't part of the two teams. I mean, but um, they say that um, fair one. They say they they say that the third one was came in later on, so we're somewhere outside the street right now, and um, the Texans are talking to the teens, and one of the teens said that they wanted Jesse's panties as a prank, and and they said they they wanted to get on the BJ Cameron radio show. Whoa! So they so they asked him. So is BJ Cameron is a shock shock. It's like Howard Stern and shit like that though, right? So they ask him about they asked the two teens about the third guy, and the two teens says that they met him later on at, on a set though. He was just walking around and then he joined in the fun something like that though. But yo, they say they 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 wanted to get her get Jesse's panties and. Uh, on to, as a prank on the BJ Cameron show because somehow though they um they they was um they they were they were maybe the DJ at the you know the host the DJ asked permit asked his boy permission to get her parent as, as a prank. Now that reminds me of um this uh stunt that back in two thousand two I remember you do you it reminds me of the stunt that these two um. Shock Jocks did back in 2002. So, do you remember Opie and Anthony? Yeah, well, they had this little prank thing they did because they um they had this couple to have sex at the cathedral in New York City. Um, I'm um, I'm trying to, to remember the name of it. I think it was St. Patrick's Cathedral. I'm not sure, but they, they these jocks that they had they they they, they Opie and Opie and Anthony or they. Had they ordered this couple to have sex inside St. Patrick's Cathedral back in 2002. And, you know, the couple got caught fucking. And then next thing you know, Opie and Andy, Anthony got their asses suspended or probably fired. I mean, um, something like that for that. For that, They probably got themselves in trouble for that stunt. So, so somehow, you know, these two knuckleheads, they decided to snatch um, Jesse's panties as a prank. Cause they want to get on the BJ Cameron show or something like that. I don't know what it is. I don't know. So we're at the studio right now, and um, Fanny Sabler is talking to BJ Anthony. And check this out. This this actor who plays BJ is is nothing from the is who play got the guy who's playing BJ is is um, Lewis Black, who you, who, you, who you can remember him on The Daily Show. Well, legally, I could do a whole lot more. But with Big Brother all up in my business, I don't want to get fined. Did you suggest that your fans rape Jesse? Rape ain't funny. The panty thing I said to piss off the uptight bitch. She's 16 years old. Why are you trying to piss off a kid? She comes on my show, only wants to talk about her craft like I could give a rat's ass. I say, let's hear about your titty chop. She walks off mid-interview. I have to fill up the rest of the hour with a call-in show about Jesse the uptight bitch. Yeah. Callers were totally pissed off at her. I said she needed a good banging to loosen her up. You see, that sounds like another one of your uh, suggestions to me. I didn't say rape her. On five beats. Listen, I don't like Jesse, but I do like ragging on her. It's good for ratings. Doesn't mean I want to see her. Yeah, man, that happens to be Lewis Black. And you may remember him on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Well, I mean, that was... um. For John Stewart, though he left, and then uh, he was replaced by Trevor Noah. So Lewis Black's been there with the Daily Show for a while, though. Got his podcast, and then check this out, though. He even appeared on uh, Homicide: Life on the Street back in 1997, and that's the show that also starred Richard Belzer, Mr. John Munch himself, Richard Belzer, and he's played as um, some uh, a suspect and all that stuff, though. Trying to to try to foil much, like make him look like a fool. Like he mentioned some story about this missing dude. It turns out though, he he caught up with the guy missing guy and killed him and buried him. So it turns out that he made like a story about that. I mean, he wanted much to, you know, like um, some some and then have the have you know paved the ground and then so that way that this. 
is Louis Black had to go and go and kill this dude and bury him in some type, some type of parking lot. <laughs> oh my goodness, he set this dude up though. So, so in this episode, he plays a shock jock BJ Cameron, and um, BJ Cameron is probably inspired by Howard Stern. Yeah, you know the guy. You know this racist bastard. He's talking about have like he has less. He brings the lesbians on his show and all that stuff. Though, I mean, do you remember the program called the Howard Stern Show on Channel Nine? You know, WWR TV, which is now Mine Nine, something like that. Though, because I remember watching the Howard Stern Show back in the days, and he be bringing outrageous stuff in there. I mean, naked women, lesbians, and speaking of that, though, he, in 1997, though he had like a a biopic called Private Parts. You know the um, private parts came out as a book first back in the early nineties. It was made into some bi- comedy biopic, man. I mean, I like the movie Private Parts, the movie. I mean, I'm telling you, Jim Howard Stern could bring anything about attention. He's like the shock jock. I mean, he might offend people and all that stuff, and then try people get mad stuff like that. I mean, Howard Stern been doing he was he was doing he would he been causing some controversy when he came on the radio i mean when he came in and um he started his show on washington dc and then he came in to york to be on wnbc which is a contra- which is a controversial morning show he's he's like the shock jock of the 80s and then next thing you know is that after wnbc though he went to work at the um, k-rock 92 free fm in new york city and which is now is now like ten ten wins, so how and then like Howard Stern had his own um, they, you know his own TV show on Channel Nine back in the early nineties, and he had it all he had his own like talk talk show on E Cable. I mean Howard Stern, man, I'm not saying. I mean he's like a Mister Howard Stern, but anyway. So Lewis Black plays B.J. Cameron, and um, he tells the detectives that he had Jesse on his show the other day, and she was like being a diva. She'd be too uptight. He didn't even even like her anyway, though. So he went to rant about her and all this stuff, though. He be ranting, no, he be ranting against her, saying some she's a bitch and she's a slut and something like that. And B.J. Cameron just, you know, just feeling like free, free speech. I don't know what it is, though. So we go after they talk with them. Um, anyway, you know, B.J. had to do, had to go. And after he finished with the chat, he had to go and he had to go record the show. And then B.J. going off, say, good afternoon. I want to talk about this bitch named Jesse, man. She got on my nerves and blah, 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 blah. So he had to, so B.J. has to excuse himself for the interview to re- go back to record the show. So. They talk to the program director, I mean, employee, I don't know what it is, though. And the program director tells Stabler and Finn that Jesse has been receiving death threats. That's some crazy job. That was some crazy shit. So we're back at the squadron right now. And they talk about, they read about BJ and then they, um, they, they, they discuss about BJ's Cameron's sexual fantasies on Jesse. And check this out. He's just only doing it to get ratings. And you know, that stunt they pull, like pulling, taking the woman's panties, though. I mean, they got to go find out about that shit, though. Mm-mm-mm. So, however, though, Finn comes forward and tells him, saying that um, there's, there's this one rapist. She, he took it really seriously. And he did, he did it through email. So, they goes to the computer they check they check the files and they're trying to figure out that um who was there in Jesse's trailer at the time of a rape. And yo, check this out though. They just discovered that um this this kid, right? That's it, it, Carolyn's son kid was there. He's taking the selfie in Jesse's trailer and Jesse is lying on the couch like she like passed out, shit like that. I mean, so it turns out that this is um I wanna say I mean Mrs. Spencer's son was taking pictures of Jesse before he raped her. It turns out that Jesse is their suspect. So we go to the um, Miss Um we go to the um, 
uh, 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 special residence, and the detectives come in, and they bust through the apartment, and, you know, Carolyn is there, and they come to arrest Daniel for the ra- for, for the rape. Oh, my goodness. So Carolyn's son, Daniel, is arrested for rape. However, though, Daniels claims that he wanted to get on the BG Cameron show, and his mother's standing there saying, don't say anything, I'll get you out. I mean, and her, his mother doesn't even believe this and all that stuff, that he raped this woman, though. And it turns out that Mrs. Um, Spencer, Carolyn Spencer, is standing by her son. That is some crazy shit going around here, though. So, we're at, we're at part two right now, right? And Daniel's in the, in the interrogation room. And uh, Daniel claims that he didn't even rape her. So Dan, so Daniel's there with his lawyer. And check this out. That's um, Detective Nina from Nina from New York Undercover. And you know, that's Laura Velez. And check this out. She is also a repeat offender. Because check this out. Laura Velez recently appeared in the... Recently a, appeared in a season five episode and I don't even remember the title, but you know, she's a repeat offender. You know, it's just like, um, Nessa Serrano's a repeat offender and Lauren Velez is a repeat offender. And you know, Lauren Velez though, she appeared on New York cover. uh, She appeared on New York undercover from seasons two to, um, four, I believe. And she, Later, in about 2006, 2007, she was cast in Dexter. And you already know her character's been killed. So, Daniel is there with his lawyer, and he claims that he never raped her. And he tells him that um, he read a poem to Jesse, and next thing you know, Jesse woke up, and they started talking and stuff like that. And then Daniel said it, and they, he just had sex with her. Uh... And so it turns out, okay, so you're saying that the sex was consensual? I don't know, something like that, though. So we cut to um, Jesse and um, Jesse's apartment, Jesse and uh, Franco's apartment. And um, Jesse denies having sex with Danny, and she thinks she thinks that he's lying. So it turns out that uh, she probably said that she passed out, and she doesn't know who raped her and stuff like that, though. So, hmm... So maybe I think maybe the, 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 the kid is lying. First, he says that the, Daniel says that the sex was consensual, but however, those it turns out that um, I don't know what is going on here. So we back at the precinct right now. So they did them DNA on Danny, and guess what? Danny's DNA, Danny's DNA, DNA matches the hair from Jesse's. So it turns out that Danny boy is a damn suspect. Oh my goodness. And check this out. It turns out that uh, Danny was on BJ's show recently. Oh my goodness. So we got to get back to the radio station we go. So, you know, the program director uh, said, he said that um, they recorded um, Danny and Danny, he recorded Danny's interview with uh, BJ Cameron and stuff like that, though. So, however, though, they had to pull that segment off the air because it turns out that the yo you know the management you know the higher ups so they cut like certain portions certain portions and stuff like that though and then they didn't bring out the public because i mean sometimes they know it goes too far i mean they had, they had to pull it off the air it looks just like it happened to coward stern he was trying to do something like provocative and next thing you know he got he got in trouble I mean, that was what happened to Howard Stern back in the days and all that stuff, though. So it turns out that, um, you know, that Daniel was, or Danny was talking to BJ, and they were getting to the good stuff before they were cut off the they were cut off the air, and Daniel told BJ that Jesse passed out and then he had sex with her. Oh my goodness! So. That segment was cut on the radio show. Oh, my goodness. So, we're at the diner right now, or this restaurant, and Stabler and Finn talked to BJ Cameron, and BJ, he didn't want to say anything to the cops because he's pissed because his show got pulled off the air, and he ain't going to talk to the detective. So, and then he tries, he has his freedom of speech shit, something like that, and then next thing you know, he storms out, though. So, 
we're back at the precinct right now. Ben Stabler and um, ADA Novak, they do a walk and talk, and they discuss about BJ's free speech and all that stuff, though. However, Novak says he wanted BJ to testify against Danny. In other words, you know, they, they need um. In other words, though, so we're in the Novak's office. BJ refuses to testify and all that stuff, though. So, however, though, it's like, um, he didn't want to talk about it because he's his brother and whatever, something like that, though. So, however, Novak tells her colleagues that she wants Jesse to come to court t- to testify against BJ Cameron and all that stuff. No, 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 no. Excuse me. Let me go back, though. B- however, though, anyway, let me go back. We're in Novak's office. BJ Cameron comes into the office and he refuses to testify. And he got, keeps going on this free speech shit and something like that, though. However, though, Novak, then after that next scene, Novak has, is talking to Jesse. She wants her to come to court to testify against BJ Cameron and Danny, something like that, though. However, though, yeah, however, though, I mean, you now Novak wants Jesse to come out, come and testify. Next, next scene, Novak, we are at the, um, Novak, Novak is talking to Danny boy and her mother is present and the lawyer is there. They want her, and then Novak wants Danny to testify. But however, though, he's, he's still standing by her mother and, you know, mother, Mrs. Spencer, she's protecting him at all costs saying, don't say anything. I'll take care. I'll take care of everything. Yada, 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 yada. So. Next thing, they take the you know Stabler and Novak. They talk about Danny and his mother, and she knows that that she is um, protecting him and stuff like that. I mean, come on, I don't know what it is though. Now, however, though, however, though, is it next thing you know is that um, we're in the office and the precinct, and Novak is there, and Novak has Daniel in the office, right? And um, check this out. He want Novak has set up a meeting with Jesse and Daniel. In other words, Jesse, oh, you won't believe and believe this though. Daniel, da, Jesse needs has to come face to face with um, her rapist Daniel. So Jesse comes in the office and she confronts Daniel and about what he did to her. And she, you know, it turns out she passed out. However, Jesse wants Daniel to go testify against. And, test, and uh, he blames BJ Cameron for everything, and he wanted him to testify. And Jesse wanted to, and Daniel to admit what he what he did was wrong, though, and it's disrespect disrespectful. And you know, Daniel apologized and stuff like so. It turns out that Danny made up this whole story about him having consensual sex with Jesse, but it turns out that Jesse had passed that that Daniel had sex with Jesse when she passed out. <laughs> That's some, some crazy shit, though. And Jesse doesn't even like this. So she does confront Daniel for it. You know what I mean? She had to stand up against Daniel the rapist. Now we're in a courtroom right now. Daniel's, Daniel's being arrayed. Daniel's being arraigned. Her mama's there. He pleads guilty and confesses about his actions. And after that, though, I mean, Daniel has, um, was sent to get locked up. However, though... We're back at the squad right now. They know, they talk about Daniel. That means he's going to be doing life in prison. I mean, he got to learn from what he did. However, Finn got a call saying there was a shot fired out at a radio station. <laughs> so we're in the street right now. And um, BJ Cameron is being carried out in some gurney, something like that, because he just got shot. And BJ Cameron was like, that bitch shot me. This woman's crazy. And then they had to take him to the ambulance. So Stabler and Spin is there. And turns out that um, uh, several bystanders witnessed the shooter. So they, and then they call the police. They go to the police car. They discover that Mrs. Spencer is in the back of the police car in handcuffs. She shot BJ Cameron. <laughs> she just. She she just shot BJ Cameron, and she claims that she, um, yeah, she she shot him because he's trying to prevent his friend from ruining ruining prevent um him from ruining her family and whatever something like that though. 
Yeah, I mean, he uh, now he blaming now he I'm, looks like the mom sped up with BJ Cameron and his bullshit, something like that. Though I don't know what it is though. Hmm. So we're into Act Four right now. No fact is there. It's the Mrs. Spencer and her lawyer is there, and now and Mrs. Spencer, you know, she has to face the music because you know what she did was wrong and all that stuff though. And next thing you know is that um, next scene. Novak is talking to D.A. Donnelly, and that's Judith Light, or in other words, An- Angela from Who's the Boss is there. This is Donnelly herself, though. She push- So she pushes Novak for a plea and stuff like that, though, because what the mothers did and stuff like that. So we go to the courtroom right now. We- we're on trial. B.J. is on the stand in court, and he's fighting for his, like, First Amendment rights and stuff like that, though, and he's defending himself. Like, he's just trying to do it for rate. He, I mean, this dude is trying to do it for ratings. I don't know what it is. So, next thing you know is the Mrs. Spencer's on the stand, and she said that Daniel didn't had didn't have another father figure after their his biological their biological father left them the family. He found the solace um, of father figure of BJ, and um, that's some crazy shit like that. Though, I mean. And, you know, she blamed B.J. Cameron for ruining his life. I mean, like a bad influence. I don't know what it is, though. Next scene, where Donnelly talk, 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 talks to Novak and tells um, ADA Novak that uh, Mrs. Spencer is responsible for her actions and stuff like that, though. So, next thing you know is this. Finn says that he got the phone records and all that stuff, though. So, the next scene, we're at the... Um, I think we're at the... Um, I think Mrs. Spencer is there, and turns out the phone records show that two calls were made to James Willoughby. That's um, Mrs. Spencer's colleague at the, this um, little nonprofit organization group. It is, I mean, activist group or activist group or whatever. Other. So, mm, so it turns out that James Willoughby is like the vice president of for Nice, and. She, and then two and like I said, two calls were made to James Willoughby before BJ was shot. And James, you know, is the vice president of Nice. And um it turns out that um Mr. Willoughby took those pictures. And guess what? He or he was ordered to do so by Mrs. Spencer. Oh my goodness. So the mother was, I mean, Jesse's I mean, Daniel's mama was in on it. And just like it turns out that that bitch, Miss Carolyn Spencer, she Miss Spencer, she was just doing it for attention and stuff like that, though. So Daniel comes in. Oh man, some crazy stuff. So anyway, Daniel comes in, right? And um, all right, Daniel comes in, and um, all right. So and then he says that um, he's. He's gonna come and testify, and um, her, his Daniel, and Daniel, Danny's mother was like, "Please don't do this, though." And next thing you know is that Daniel, Danny turns his back on his mom and says, "You ruined my life." And he, he was like, "I want to go back to myself." Yeah, I mean, and I know, Danny is pissed off because her, his mother, what did it all? Did it all for the attention? That's some crazy shit going on around here. That's oh my goodness. And look, look at this. You got at least a couple of people, though, they doing this all for attention. I mean, you got this teen actress dressing off a rockative on a TV show, and she's getting all the attention, including the wrong people. Then you got this shock jock, BJ Cameron, right? He just talking some sexual fantasies against the uh, TV star Jesse, and he just doing it all for attention for ratings and shit like that, though. And you check this out. You got this damn Mrs. Spencer, the activist. She, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I mean, she did it all for attention. I mean, oh, my goodness. I mean, what is it? I mean, these people are crazy. I mean, people do all these things for attention. You know what I'm saying? That's some crazy shit going on right here. You know what I'm saying about that? That is crazy, though. So, anyway, we're at the courtroom right now. And the judge, the judge says that the he tells he tells the pe- he tells the people that the jury has been deadlocked, and Carolyn's case is dropped. Carolyn's free to go, 
oh man, it turns out maybe that Mrs. Spencer is not going to prison anytime soon. And check this out. Looks like she's, she's going to be moving to Rosario Lane and become a desperate housewife. <laughs> you know, try to have a sexual, have to go sleep with a stripper and become a lesbian. <laughs> and that's what Howard Stern likes. Okay, so we're in Novak's office and they hear BJ Cameron on the radio ranting against Carolyn and Carolyn, uh, you know, Carolyn uh, Spencer and all that stuff and how she ruined his life, though. And Novak was like, I don't want to hear this shit. And then she turns off the radio. Blip. It's the end of the episode. Now, who raped the teen actress? Was it her producer husband? Creepy, creepy producer husband? Was it um, the shock jock? Or no, it turns it turns out to be the activist son. And He's just doing it for attention and shit like that. Oh my goodness. So, I mean, that's some crazy ass episode. And that's it. Oh man, oh man, oh man. Dana the lady went on some desperate housewife mode. Excuse me, desperate housewife. Um, desperate housewife um, mode or whatever in this episode. I mean, She's trying to get all the attention. I mean, you got this um picture, this TV actress though. The way she's dressing, she's getting all the attention, all the attention, but in a negative way. And look what happened. She got her ass raped. I mean, I mean, seriously. I mean, I mean, it goes it goes to all women. I mean, it's a shame women had to go out there and wrestle provocative or dressing like prostitutes. That'll attract the wrong men, especially creeps. And you know why a lot of our women get raped out there? I mean, that's wrong. Because maybe the way they act or the way they dress. But you got that attracts attention to these um, crazy-ass people. So you got to be real careful. And no disrespect, but a lot of these ladies, y'all need to respect yourselves. Dress, excuse me, dress how you want to respect it, like a dress or whatever. You know, don't be dressing all provocative. I mean, that's like a low self-esteem. I'm just saying, you know, it's it's just, just it's just common sense. Now, anyway, I remember that in that episode they called the actress Jezebel Jesse, and Jesse's a slut, and you know way the way she's dressed, she's dressed like a hooker. And you know the day that the lady said that the 16 year old dressed like a hooker, we don't want that in our family hour or whatever, you know. And then Lewis Black though, he was being questioned by detectives. He said that he mentions. He say he say he had her in the interview, and he had, and then he asked her about her titty job, and then she just abruptly left the damn interview, and then, and I mean, and then the rest of the hours spent like callings, and then they was mad at her. I mean, I left out a few things, you know, and I remember this one scene was that um, Sable and Finn was talking to the teens who was trying to sneak in get the panties, and. Finn made this sarcastic remark saying, I like my comedy funny. Or I don't know what it is, you know. So anyway, you got this. To round it all up, you got this teen actress, the way she's dressed, she's causing all the attention. And you got shock jock. Yeah, that's BJ Cameron. He's doing it for ratings. So that's attention. And you got the damn the protester who was like a concerned mother or something like that, though. She trying to do this for publicity. I mean, let me tell you something. Some people do it for attention. And this is selfish. I mean, I don't know what it is, though. So anyway, I just want to let you know, I got to make another announcement that I'm going to be taking a week off. And I'll be back next week with um, brand. No, no, no. Excuse me. I'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. Because in the next weekend, I'm going to be going out camping. So... Don't worry, I'm not gonna get clawed by no bears and stuff like that, though. I mean, so yeah, I mean, I I got I got the Lord protecting me. So anyway, so I'm gonna be gone for a couple weeks, though, and then I'll be back two weeks from today to bring out a new episode. So you know, I just I'm gonna go out camping and enjoy myself, be at the campfire, and let me tell you something. I'm not gonna eat any mushroom s'mores because you know I'm allergic to pork.
or anyway, or I'm allergic, excuse me, I'm allergic to gelatin. All right. So anyway, so if, like I said, I made an announcement. If you want like, if you like going to trips, go to, to www.mydreamtripsurvey.com and just, um, fill out the survey. If you'd like to travel or you want to be a businessman, this is for you, my, you, my listeners. All right. So I want you to thank you for listening. Like and subscribe. Oh yeah. By the way, I just get these people on, on, on in podium. They, that's my new, um, that's my new available podcast thing. So just listen out for me. All right. Now this is, um, thank you for listening in and, um, this show was recorded kind of live. So, and, um, and, and, you know, you and uh, twisted a Lauren or SVU podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Spotify for podcasters, Google podcast. And, oh yeah. Jetpack. It also formerly WordPress and check this out. I got a new one. It's in podium. All right. So, um, so you just listen for me. So like, like, and subscribe. This is Brian Rose. All right. Have a blessed week.